0: I'm Jonathan Coleman, one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills. We're in a series, uh, as you've heard, titled Wreck the Roof. This series is all about uh, bringing people, friends, family, neighbors, associates, whoever you know and love, bringing them to the feet of Jesus Christ, to the heart of God. I remember when I was a kid, I would eat cereal a lot. My mom called me the cereal king. I'd get up on Saturday morning, like at 5 a.m., I'd dig into the Cocoa Puffs, and I'd eat about half the box, be the first one to open it up, get the prize, and sit there until all the Saturday cartoons came rolling in in the 70s and 80s there. I remember one one day, I was reading the back of the cereal box, and then I took a look at the, the milk carton. And the milk carton had this word missing on it in large type with a picture of a kid or two like this picture here with the information about them that they disappeared in 1982 or 83 and and it was just so weird to see that they don't do this anymore but they used to do it and you think about it the heart of these parents getting so desperate to find their child. Someone thought, let's put their picture on an everyday carton of milk. Maybe someone will see that picture, recognize them, and they'll be found. You know, I can't imagine having a person missing in my family. I would do everything possible to remove any obstacles in order for that person to be found. And there are people who are missing from the fold, from the fellowship, from the heart of God. They're wandering. They're not physically missing people, but they're lost. They're experiencing a lot of heartache. At Anderson Hills, as long as I've been here, since July 2018, I've seen the heart of this church... Do whatever it takes, no matter the cost, to bring someone to Jesus Christ. In the first week, we saw how four people carried the mat of their friend, tore open the roof, lowered that friend down right in front of Jesus. That guy didn't go back up on that mat. He walked out the door healed. And I know some of you here today have invited friends and family and co-workers to the ministries of this church maybe worship service you have prayed you've presented the gospel you've been an incredible witness you've done everything you can think of uh, to bring that person to the feet of jesus but maybe it's just not happening i want to commend you this morning for having the heart of god you see in luke chapter 15 Jesus paints a picture about the heart of God. Do you, you want to know what the heart of God is like? He, says he, he talks about a picture of a father standing, scanning the horizon, watching for his runaway son to return. And when he sees him, he runs. He forgets the dignity of his years and he runs toward him and he embraces him. He kisses him and then he throws a party when that son comes home. That's the heart of the God we serve, my friends. And when you're shedding tears over your lost son or daughter or friend, when you're saying to yourself, holy cow, I wish Kate would have heard this sermon, or I wish Kate would have heard that song or that testimony, those expressions are done in love because you want them to experience a new and abundant life in relationship with Jesus Christ. So the goal of this message today is to equip you in your quest to bring those you love to the feet of Jesus, and seeing how God specifically did it through a man named Philip. You see, there's good news. You don't have to be a walking Bible dictionary to bring a person to Jesus Christ, maybe who have objectives, uh, objections to Jesus. The best apologetical way that you can uh, that you can give to someone in defense of the gospel is your story. You have a story. I have a story. It's basically saying, "Here was what my mess was without Jesus Christ in my life, and here is how God got me through it, and here is what I am now in Him." Remember the man that was blind. That Jesus healed in in John chapter 9 when the man was brought in questioned by the Pharisees like who did this and he and Jesus healed this blind man on the Sabbath and they're like who did this who did this and all this man could say I don't know all I know is I was once was blind and now I see and if you experienced healing at the feet of Jesus Christ that's what you carry I am no longer the same. God has made a difference in me through his ministry by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in me. And you carry that testimony. You also need to remember that you are just one in a series of people who may bring that person to Jesus Christ. Maybe the person you know had a wonderful spiritual conversation with you. Maybe it was a coworker, But then that person... Maybe said, okay, okay, I'll I'll think about that. And then they read a prayer that their sister posted on Instagram. And then they went and took a step and went to worship. And then, bam, they're in a Bible study. And then, bam, they said yes to Jesus Christ. And they were baptized. Remember what 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9 says? I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. And the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. That they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. That's what we are together. We're co-workers together in Christ Jesus. And the last thing we need to remember is, is that people believe some pretty crazy things. They do. If you go to answers.com and type in how many people in America believe in unicorns, the answer is 8%, my friends. That means if you're sitting in a row with 13 people, one of them believes that a unicorn exists. Now don't start looking down your row, back and forth to the light, right or to the left. Don't point at me. I'm still looking for Bigfoot, (laughs) you know, so. No, seriously. There are some here today who are trying to wreck the roof and pull someone to the feet of Jesus where they can proclaim with all of who they are, my Lord and my God. We have to remember in John chapter 6 when Jesus says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. Jesus also said, When I am high and lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people unto myself. God is working in the background. We just sang it. Even when I don't feel it, you're moving. Even when I don't you know, see it, you're working. You're working. You never stop. Which means is that God is wooing everyone into a relationship with himself. Which means we do our part. God has a responsibility to do his part. We have to trust that God is in that background of that person's life working. John Wesley always uh, preached with the belief that God was drawing everyone listening to his message to Jesus Christ. And he would go out and he'd preach at the coal mines to the, as the coal miners entered into the mines. And he would preach uh, at, uh, to them believing that God was working. That's why our Fresh Expressions team and I, Tom and Mary, Edwinna, Rose, Heather, Clint, George, we, we go to breweries and do church services. That's why we invite, we tell you, invite your friends and families and neighbors to Faith and Friends on Tab, working know. in their lives, wooing them in the background, offering them to hang out, offer to them to hang out uh, after the service. Bring them. I guarantee they'll meet great people filled with great love. Also, I believe it's easier walking to walk into a brewery than it is to a church. <laughs> Trust me. It's not always easy to invite people to God's stuff. But do it and see how God uses it. We simply do our part and then let God do his part. Today we're going to look at the book of Acts, chapter 8. It's a, it's a great example a great example of a guy who has some obstacles that need to be cleared in order to come to faith and be baptized. Let's look at uh, Acts 8:26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, "Go south to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza." So Philip, Philip here This is not the Apostle Philip, one of the original 12 apostles. This is Philip in Acts chapter 6. He was one of seven people chosen to help with the distribution of food to people in need, especially widows. So this this Philip is a, a vital servant in the church. And in the original language, they call him servant. They use the word deacon. And that's what Philip was chosen to be. Let's look at the other, another statement. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he gets the call to go down to a desert road. You know, don't underestimate where God calls you to go and to do his kingdom work. This can be a nine to five punch the clock ho-hum job. Or it can be, you can be a stay-at-home parent raising up two toddlers and a baby day in and day out. Or maybe you, you, you have that one person that calls you and asks you one more time to come in their dilemma and for you to give them wisdom. Most of the time, God wants to use you to influence his kingdom in a place that you would not suspect. In a method you would not, you would not necessarily choose it's, it's a role you wouldn't wish upon yourself. It's a desert road. It's where you're lonely. And don't feel you can make a kingdom impact. But what's God doing? God is working in the background. God has you right where he wants you to use you as a primary ministry tool for his kingdom purposes. That's where Philip is. Let's continue. Acts eight twenty seven. It says, so he started out... He met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, authority under Kandaki, the queen of Ethiopia. I love this. Philip, he did not ask why or how long. If you want to wreck roofs for God, it starts by simply obeying him, doing just starting out as it says here. So he started out. It starts with thinking more about others than yourself just by obeying and doing what he says. Philip operated in this way. He didn't have any idea what was going to take place. He just started out down that desert road. You see, Philip operated in a way of hearing the Spirit and doing what he was told with no objections. He didn't hesitate. Do you obey the simple commands of God when those nudges come? If God is tugging your heart to serve in a hospitality ministry or a children's ministry or to set up online giving to take that step to start out. You see, when we serve inside the church, it builds up our spiritual muscles for a greater, greater exploration and ministry tool for God's using. You could say, oh, it's just holding a two-year-old while parents are in worship. It's just smiling and welcoming and holding open a door. It's just leading the discussion for confirmation. It's not a just, my friends. It's kingdom ministry that we're all in together all around. Humble service can make great impact. It's like the uncle family overseeing the coffee bar ministry. It's Tom Brayshaw an usher holding open the door. It's Sharon Razor uh, leading Celebrate Recovery at Salem Campus. It's Jeff Duvall and Vic Black holding the west doors open and welcoming people by name. And I could probably say yes to your name, to your ministry that you are utilizing, maybe you have utilized or are you utilizing now. Philip, his job was to help at a food pantry for widows, in the early church. But God chose him to be a part of a greater thing of spreading the gospel. A greater mission of spreading the gospel outside the church. God says, I can use this guy for even more. And that's what usually happens when you grow and mature in Jesus Christ. Watch what happens next. So he starts out. He started out, he met a treasurer of the Ethiopia, a eunuch. I need to explain the word the word eunuch. It literally means bedkeeper. A eunuch served the queen in ancient times. He was usually trained to guard the bed of the queen so that no one could take advantage of her while she slept. So this guy did not have the physical equipment, either by force or by birth, to not take advantage of the queen sexually. It was impossible for him. If you aren't getting it, ask your friend after the worship service what I'm talking about. (laughs) You can ask me too. I won't say anything more about it. Look at Acts 8, 27 through 28. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading out loud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. This guy was very important, high in authority, very successful very rich. Why, why do I get the cue that he's rich? Well, he had a scroll. And back then, scrolls were very, very hard to come by. It just wasn't like a Bible today being handed out to you free. This guy paid some money. You couldn't obtain a scroll unless you were rich. Someone in Jerusalem probably sold it to him. And he was traveling in a carriage as well. That's like a Rolls Royce of that day. We don't know a lot about this guy's story. There are really no other clues. Look at what else is happening. He was returning home from worship. This guy is seeking after God. Remember what I said about God working behind the scenes? Here's another great example. He's trying to understand, but there's an obstacle. He needs help. And God knows what's going on with this eunuch. And trusts Philip's obedience. Here's what happens The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk alongside the carriage. Philip ran over. He heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, How can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. You know, I always wonder what what Philip heard. What he heard then, was it an audible voice inside his head or outside his head? Or was it a stirring in his spirit to go over and to walk beside this guy? We don't know. All we know is Philip was a believer of Jesus Christ. And all we know is when we are a believer in Jesus Christ, we have the promptings and the nudges of the Holy Spirit given to us. And we don't know how that communicates all the time. Whether we hear it or we feel the nudge or we do it. Have you ever just been in that moment where you're like, I got to do this because God is asking me to do this. It all boils down to the fact that the Holy Spirit is active and desires to work through you. And the important thing is Philip did what he was instructed. It was total obedience. Sometimes we we get a nudge to ask a person if they need prayer or to invite them to church. Or invite them to a Bible study or a break free class or a welcome luncheon or, or VBS. And we say yes and do it. Or we say no and we do not. Don't get paralyzed by disobedience. The Holy Spirit is active and desires to move through you. Look what happens next. Philip asked, Do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, How can I? Unless someone instructs me. And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. Bam, bam. Now he knows. Now he knows why he's on that desert road. This guy is trying to understand what Isaiah is talking about. And next thing you know, Philip is up in the carriage in this Rolls Royce with this Ethiopian eunuch. You see, this guy is trying to understand the Bible. And it's normal normal for people who are seeking not to understand the concepts of God that maybe we know together. I remember inviting one of my classmates in my counseling class at Xavier to come to Anderson Hills as a mystery guest. This was in the fall of 2018. And I gave her a couple mystery guest form at a class. I said, hey, come this Sunday and I'll give you a gift card. Her name was Laura. And I asked Laura, I said, Laura, are you a Christian? Do you you go to church? She said, no, not really. I said, well, perfect. I want you to come and check out our hospitality, our worship service, and then you fill out this mystery guest audit and give it back to me and you will get a gift card. So she did. She came and she experienced everything. She filled out the mystery guest audit in, in such a wonderful way. It was great information about us. And it was kind of a test of our systems here. And she wrote on the forum this. I never, I'll never forget it. What's all this stuff about the blood of the lamb? And I remember telling Mark Rowland that. She had no idea. What's all this stuff about the blood of the lamb? Well, it gave me an opportunity to, uh, to speak to, to Laura about, about what that meant. That the innocent lamb of God, Jesus Christ, was crucified on a cross, body broken, blood shed, but that blood atoning for our sins, paying for our sins, covering our sins. And I talked to her about how, how we experience communion. And I remember her going, ah, I, I think I get it. But I planted a seed. I don't know if Laura ever came back. You'll never know what an invitation will bring creatively, however you do that. hey. Go to Little Miami Brewing Company with me this Saturday at 1030. I will pick you up. I will sit down with you, and we can discuss it. You'll meet Jonathan, and we can just hang out. You never know what kind of creative invitation will come. Now look at what the eunuch was reading. Acts 8, 32 through 33. Look at this. The passage of Scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to slaughter as a lamb is silent before the shearers. He did not open his mouth. He was humiliated, received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken taken from this earth. Wow. This is God at work. God at work trying to bring this man into relationship, trying to bring this man to prophecy about Jesus Christ. This is God drawing this man through the words of Isaiah about Jesus. And watch what happens next. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water And the eunuch said, look, here's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered a carriage to stop. They went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. So beginning beginning with the same scripture, Philip shares the good news about Jesus Christ. And Philip was probably in this guy's carriage for a long, long time. Gaza to Azotus was like 30 miles This guy not only wants to be baptized, he has to be baptized. And he says, there's some water there. Why can't I be baptized right now? This guy's life is transformed by the gospel. And it says he rolls away rejoicing. It says the eunuch never saw him again. But the eunuch has a different type of treasure. If you want to wreck roofs for God, it starts by obeying him. And doing what he says, doing small things, small invitations, but with great love, great creativity, building spiritual muscle in serving starts with thinking more about others than yourself. Philip operated in this way, hearing the Holy Spirit and doing what he was told, my friends, with no objections. He didn't hesitate. Thus, he had an opportunity to listen to this eunuch and explain the truth about Jesus Christ. And was, he was able to baptize him. Jesus knew that to involve people in his mission, he would need to meet them right as they were, where they are. It's the same with us. I want to show you a video of Sue Black. Sue Black's been pounding the bass this morning up here on stage, but she has a very powerful testimony about wrecking roofs. Let's take a look at this together.
1: So when Ben Williams came and spoke at this church about evangelism, which um, makes me very nervous to think about evangelism, one of the assignments after the two days of classes was to go to the mall, go into stores and pray for people. So I prayed for a young woman, um, and um, she later said to me after we prayed, she got rather emotional, and she said, uh, my mom just died a few days ago or a few weeks ago, and so that was really impactful for her. And I think that affirmed um, affirmed my faith, Then I started realizing that I had the ability to do more than um, just sitting on the sidelines and, and, and watching. Out of um, that, I have felt, I think, lots of Holy Spirit nudges, and one recently, I went to do what everyone loves to do during the month of December, and that was spend a day at um, the Bureau of Motor Vehicles, and um, so I'm in the BMV and I'm waiting my turn, I'm sitting against the wall, and there's um, a woman, I heard bits and pieces of her story where Um, she was moving her mom from Virginia to Cincinnati and she was trying to figure out what steps she needed to take. And so, um, she left and, um, I took care of getting my license renewed. And so I went out in the parking lot, got into my car and I look over to the side and that woman is in the car next to me, like right next to me. And, um, I got a little Holy Spirit nudge. I kept thinking to myself, I could just, Go, go over there, and, and, but then I thought, that's creepy. I don't want to just make a motion like to some stranger to roll down your window, I want to talk to you. And finally, I just thought, get out of the car and go out there, so I did. So I went around the front of her car and um, looked into the window and thought, oh, this is a big mistake, this is stupid, why am I doing this? But she rolled down her window when she was done. I told her about all the things that uh, I was thinking about when she was at the counter, you know, my parents moving, and what a challenge it was. We just started talking more and then we were hugging and we prayed together. She sent me a text that evening that said, Sue, it was such a blessing um, to meet you. I'm really glad that you listened to the Lord's nudge. I didn't know the Lord would use me in this way. I don't see myself as an evangelist and yet that's kind of a, it's kind of a simple evangelism. Um, and so I think he can use all of us in a similar way we just have to look around and seek those opportunities. Be in tune to hearing what God wants us to do in a situation and how we can love the people around us. Vic and I actually went out with the Putmans a couple months ago and when our server came back to bring us food we said, um, hey, I said can we pray for you? She started weeping and she said, I was just journaling this morning that I wanted to be closer to God and She actually stood there and prayed with us. We said, we'll make this really quick. Can we pray with you right now? And we did, and that was was pretty amazing. That gives me goosebumps right now to think about that. Um, As Jonathan said in his sermon last week, there's so many people out there lying on mats that need for us to bring them to Jesus. And I am praying that you and I both will seek to be together in this ministry of availability loving people, serving people, caring for people, and bringing them into the kingdom of God. Amen.
0: Awesome. Good things can happen at the BMV. <laughs> or not. Yes, this is one. You know, that's, that's uh, some roof-wrecking right there. Watch what God desires to do in you and through you. When we reach out to someone to pray for them, words don't have to be fancy. We don't have to be an expert in prayer. Just talk to God like you would talk to a friend on someone else's behalf. We all can do this. Just share what God has done. As we seek to introduce others to Jesus Christ, we must meet people as they are and where they are and show them how to have the best life that they could ever have in Jesus Christ. Think of those in your life right now who are far off from God. Take a few moments right now. People struggling. People in pain. What sacrifice are you willing to make to bring them to the feet of Jesus? What obstacles might you remove? How has God spoken to you through this message, through this worship service? What names have been laid upon your heart? I'm going to pray for us and as the band comes up, we're going to play some music and, and um, I want to give you an opportunity if you'd like to come to this altar and, and pray for that, those, the names of those people or a person that God's laid upon your heart and let's all do this together as a community of faith and just place them before the throne of God. God, we, we thank you how you're working in the lives of everyone. Even when we don't feel it, you're moving. Even when we don't see it, you're moving. You never stop. You never stop working. And God, there's so many people have been uh, lifted up in the minds of of this community of faith right here who have listened to this message or are watching with us online that have uh, maybe one, two, three, four names of some folks. And God, we want to bring these people to the feet of Jesus Christ. So they can experience that freedom, that healing, that hope, that truth, that life in him. And so, God, we come to you this morning. Asking you to lead and guide us. Strengthening our obedience unto you in ministry. God, God, just to give every person, every tool, all the equipment that they need to be able to uh, reach out to those who are missing from the fellowship here. What you desire to utilize these people as mat carriers. So God, just like Philip, may we run alongside their lives and help them to understand your great love. Your great love first. And so God, we, we pray for them right now.